Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. We're jumping right into today's message. And here's the, here's the title of the message today. And some of you are like, do, I, do we have notes? No, you don't. And here's why. Because that much scripture won't fit in them. Okay, we don't, we don't have a, we, our, our, our copy machine won't staple, and so it doesn't provide that many pages. And so I want to take you through a passage of Scripture, and I think that it's, it's always encouraging to me to read a passage of Scripture that I've read countless times and get something new out of it. What do you think? I think it's pretty incredible. So if you would, t- take your Bibles, uh, if you have them in paper form, or if you have them electronic, pull up uh, the book of Exodus chapter 14 is where we're going to be, Exodus chapter 14. <clears throat> and there's times that we do something, and the end result is far less than we had hoped for it to be. How many of you know that to be the case? There's times when it just doesn't feel like um, everything that we had desired came to fruition in whatever it is that we tried to accomplish. Whether if that is a goal that you have or a, any accomplishment that you might be looking forward to. And, and I'm, just, I'm just telling you, um, the question arises in all of us, how did I fail, right? How did I fail? What happened? What in the world happened? I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was going the right places. I, I thought I was investing in the right thing. Hello? How did it fail? What took place? Well, in Exodus chapter 14, this is when God is telling his people to go to the, to the sea, right? He's, he's, tell, he's leading them out of, of captivity is what he's doing. And what happens? Pharaoh's chariots begin to breathe down their neck. Well, if God is the one asking them to go, why is it now that they have an enemy marching down their throats ready to kill them? Do you think we've missed part of the story? Or do you think God just intentionally leads you to places where the threat is going to be imminent upon your life and everything might come crashing down? Check it out. Opens in Exodus chapter 14. Because we know the story, most, most everyone in the room knows the story, that God opens the sea It provides a great victory, right? But there's details in here. If we miss them, I promise you it's going to cost us. It almost cost them dearly. Here's what I submit to you. It was never God's intention to part the sea. Let's look. Exodus 14, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back. In other words, to give up ground that you've already taken. You guys know what we're talking about. God had had led Moses to lead the Israelites. He raised Moses up as a leader. They were in slavery for how long? 430 years they had been in Egypt. They had been in Egypt as slaves of Pharaoh and his regime, and God gives God gives plague after plague, right? He gives plague after plague. I mean, all kinds of crazy. If you want to read an incredible story, read the Bible. It's awesome, right? I mean, they woke up one morning and all their water had turned to blood. That would cause you to, I wonder what's going on, right? 
Not just one river, all of them. Not one lake, all of, not one well, all the wells. Right? And, and, and it says here, the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back. This is when they're on their way to the promised land. God was leading them out. God told Moses, he said, <coughs> he said, take my people and go to the mountain and worship me. Well, they were slaves in Egypt. They couldn't just come and go as they pleased. So, so they were stuck. So, so Moses kept going to Pharaoh and saying, um, we need, I, I need to take this one and a half million people, group of people, this million and a half Israelites that you call your slaves that do all your work, and we need to leave. We need to go worship God in the wilderness, in the desert. We need to go to that promised land that God has provided us. We need, we need to go out and meet with him. And Pharaoh didn't like that idea because he had free labor, Right? All the buildings, all the, the, the kingdom was being built. Why? On the backs of who? On the backs of these slaves that he had working for him. <coughs> and, 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 it, and it says here, God, God finally leads them out. How many of you know they finally leave? Pharaoh had had enough. We'll get there in a few moments. Pharaoh finally says, I've had enough. You have to leave. Leave. Please leave. God had caused all sorts of plagues to rise up within Egypt. And so then they leave, and they get, they get almost to the Red Sea, and then he says in verse 1 and 2, chapter 14, tell the Israelites to turn back. Why would God tell them to give up ground that they already took? They had already advanced. But now he's saying, he, you're, you're going to give up some of the ground that you've taken, and it, it's shocking. That's shocking to us. Why would God tell Moses... To now give up ground that they worked hard to achieve. Again, that was never God's intention. Just a few verses earlier, or excuse me, later, verse 6, six and 7, same chapter, Exodus 14. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. This is Pharaoh. He took 600 of the best chariots along with the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. We know this story, right? We know the story. This is when Pharaoh's coming and he's charging. He's charging in. He wants to take back captive. There's a million and a half to two million Israelites that are now escaping. They're leaving Egypt. But here's the detail of the story that, that if we're not careful, <laughs> we'll blow right past it, okay? All my life, I've missed this. I have a question for you. This may seem like an easy question, may seem like a question that, why would we even ask it? But here's my question. Where did Pharaoh get his horses? All of you are sitting here thinking, Pharaoh has, he's fat daddy rich, right? He can, he can, he can buy whatever horses he wants, right? Pharaoh's got all the horses he needs. But remember the plagues? God killed all the livestock. He had killed all the livestock in Egypt. So where does Pharaoh get his horses? Look at, look at, let's, let's turn back and look. Exodus chapter 9, now that I have your attention. <clears throat> chapter 9 verse 3, the hand of the Lord will bring you a terrible plague upon your livestock. In the field and on your horses, donkeys, camels, and on your cattle, sheep, and goats. 
But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So that no animal belonging to the Israelites will die. See, the Israelites lived in a place called Goshen. Say Goshen. Goshen was a small encampment. I say small, a million and a half to two million people lived there. Wasn't that small, right? A lot bigger than Tucum Carry. How many of you know? But it was a small in comparison to the to the capital city in Egypt, in which Pharaoh resided, and they lived there. <coughs> Yet, all of the livestock throughout the na- nation of of Egypt, all of it died except the livestock that belonged to the Israelites in the land of Goshen. Verse 5, the Lord, the Lord set up a time and said, Tomorrow the Lord, Lord will do this in the land, and the next day the Lord did it, and all the livestock of the Egyptians died. But not one animal belonging to the Israelites died. Pharaoh investigated and found that not even one of the animals of the Israelites had died. I want you to understand here, all of the livestock in Egypt was dead. But none of the livestock in Goshen had died. Then in chapter 10, the Bible says that Pharaoh comes to Moses and he says, okay, that's it. Y'all got to get. I'm sick of stuff dying around here. You're costing me too much. Right? Y'all have to leave. Leave. Right? All sorts of plagues. Remember all the plagues? Crazy stuff. Frog plague. Well, they just woke up one morning, there were frogs everywhere. Frogs in your pantry, frogs in your bed, frogs everywhere there was frogs. Right? That'd be creepy. How many of you don't like frogs? Yeah. Yeah, frogs can be trippy, man. Frogs, some of you right now, you're like, frogs are harmless. Give me your eyes. Next time you see a frog, I want you to pick it up and stare into its beady little eyes. Just ask yourself this question. What's he thinking? You'll never look at a frog again the same. I promise you. Here's a question again. Where did the Egyptians get the horses that pursued Israel just a few days later? Exodus chapter 12 verse 38. Many other people went up with them. And also long, large droves of livestock, both, both flocks and herds. That word large <coughs> in Exodus chapter 12 verse, verse 38. If you look up that word in the original Hebrew language, it's the same word in Hebrew. It's the same word that is in the, the book of Genesis where God says, it is good. When he's establishing, when he's creating the world, when he's creating mankind and God says, he looks at man and he says, it is good. This is the same exact Hebrew word. That, that is not a word that speaks of, 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 of quantity. It's a word that speaks of quality. Okay? And God saw that it was good, that it was a high quality, that Hebrew word. Moses had, here's, here's my theory. Here it is. Listen, God never intended on any horses be left behind. with me? Moses had given direction, he'd given instruction to not leave any horses in Egypt. But as the commands were given and it went down through the leadership org chart, at some point, some 
leader decided that he could kind of mess with the direction that, the, that Moses had given him. That surely it wasn't the letter to the letter of what Moses was saying. They, they, they could kind of interpret their own way. Hello? They, they could do something to fit their own cultural standard. Right? After all, I mean, taking all the horses was a lot more work. You ever traveled with livestock? It's a lot of work. Right? So... Somebody somewhere said, we're not going to take all of them. We're just going to take the best ones. Let me ask you a question. What has God told you directly that you've take li- taken liberty on? That you changed what his directive was? You see, they said, let's just take the good ones. We'll, we'll leave the bad ones, right? How many of you know the, the bad horses you don't want around you anyway? Let's just leave them. It, it costs the same amount to feed a good one than a bad one, right? So let's just leave the, the let, and they left, they left them behind. Here, here's what I want to say to you. Write this down somewhere. It's, it's not, it, it, this is your notes. Smile at me. <clears throat> Whatever you leave for the enemy at some point he'll use against you. Whatever you're going to leave, at some point he's going to use against you. You with me? Whatever you decide to change, whatever you don't like according to the word of God, come on everybody. How many of you, how many of you there's things in here, it's just like, mm, I don't know that I like that. I think I'll change it to fit me. Just, I'm just, I just want you to know, Whatever you leave for the enemy, some, at some point he's going to use it against you. God never intended on Pharaoh to even have one horse. God had provided a way of escape for the Israelites that gave Pharaoh no possible way to track them down, hunt them down, and collect them again, to enslave them again. God, he, he provided a way for them, okay? Now, <clears throat> that's the setup to the message. How many of you know there's a setup? There's a mm. say this to me. Say, say, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Some of you are funny. You coughed when I did. Say, why not now? And why not me? Say, why not now? And why not me? Look up. Look, look at somebody and say, why not? Look at your second favorite person and say, why not? Yeah. Some of you showed up here this morning and you're in need of a breakthrough in your life, spiritually. For God to really do something powerful in you, right? Some of you right now, you're like, I thought we were going to have baptisms. We are. We're going to have baptisms in just a few minutes, okay? But I, I want all of you to be able to respond today, okay? And, he, and here's what I want you to know. All of us will respond today. All of us respond every week. Either we decide that we're going to choose the way that God is encouraging us to go, 
what he's directing us to live, how he's leading us, or we choose going our own way. But every week, we all decide to go our way. Come on, everybody. But I want you to understand, this morning, you have an opportunity to step into a freedom and a boldness that you possibly have never chosen before. Some of you feel unworthy, but God says you're worthy. Some of you feel that you're guilty, but God says you're forgiven. Right? (coughs) You may be partially following God, but today you have a chance to go all in. Come on, everybody. It's time to go 100%. Why not? Why not now? And why not me? Why not? So I believe today. Here's what I believe. I believe that God will bring about a breakthrough for you. Today. Today. And that God has something for every single person in this room. And here's what's super exciting. I I believe that your breakthrough will likely unlock a breakthrough for somebody else. Okay? Because we're not in this alone. We're in this together. And what I do affects your life. What you do affects my life. What that leader did in the land of Moses, right, in the day of Moses, where Moses gave the directive, and that guy chose, that guy chose to change it for his own well-being, right? At some point, do you think it cost everybody? Definitely it costs everybody. So why not now? Why not you? Um, here's one thing I know about breakthroughs. They do not come through pressure. If breakthroughs came through pressure, you would have already been there. You'd already achieved your breakthrough. Come on, everyone. They don't come through stress. Stress has got you where you are, some of you. You feel that stress. There's no working it up, Right? That if I, if I just, if I just, if I, then the breakthrough's gonna happen. If I, if I grit my teeth and work, no. There's simply a heart that says this God, here I am. Here I am. I'm ready. I'm desiring what you have. I wanna go all in. I want everything you have for me. I'm gonna give you my whole life and give you my whole heart. Come on, everyone. If, uh, if you really think about it, you'll understand that every miracle recording in the, recorded in the Bible was ignited by a bold yes from somebody. By a bold yes. When the Israelites said, when Moses said, yes, God, I'll be your spokesperson, I'll be your leader, I'll, le- I'll lead the Israelites, he led them for years in slavery. While they were still in bondage. Then what did Moses do? Moses led them when it was time to leave Egypt. Time to go to the promised land. Time to go to Pharaoh. Could have cost him his life. The moment he goes before Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Remember who Moses was. He had been raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Because remember... Moses, as a baby, as an infant baby, was put into a basket in the river and pushed down the river. And Moses' daughter found that little baby floating in the river and took that child into Pharaoh's house and raised him as royalty. Come on. And then at some point, Moses grew up 
And he had to decide who he was going to be. Because it came to his full knowledge that he was a Hebrew. He wasn't an Egyptian. But his life had been a life of privilege. Lived inside the Egyptian palace. He had everything he wanted. Right? He had all the money in the world. He had, he, had, he had people at his beck and call to wait on him, to cook for him, to clean for him. Come on, everybody, to cook for him, gentlemen, to cook for him, to cook for him, to cook for him. Ladies, to clean for him, to clean, clean for him. I don't know who, maybe you prefer the cooking over the cleaning. I could deal with a mess if I got good food. <laughs> That's who, that's who Moses was, but he, had to, he came to a day. There had to, be, there had to come a time where he had to go all in and be who he was called to be. And he decided he'd give up the pleasures of Egypt and enjoy the blessing that God had for him in being an Israelite, being a Hebrew. And so he was the leader of this massive group of people that God allowed to lead, and he led them. He led them to leave 430 years of Egyptian captivity, slavery, and he led them to the promised land that God had for his people. He really began a new nation in his leadership. God rose up Moses. He raised raised him up and he he sent him out. And it was miraculous what God did through him. But again, I want want us to look at Exodus 14. And I, I don't want you to miss the context because... You'll get it twisted if you miss it. Remember, they had been slaves for how long? 430 years. Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Right? I'd sing you the song, but... Huh! Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, look it up. Um, Exodus chapter 14, verses 5 through 7. When the word reached the king of Egypt, and the Israelites had fled. So Moses had told him, hey, we're going. And and finally, Pharaoh's like, okay, get gone. Leave. Hurry. Quick. You're costing me too much. And then when the word that the the Israelites had left, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. Another translation said their hearts hardened. Right? What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot. wonder where he got the horse. I already told you that story, didn't I? And he called up his troops. How many horses did they leave? This is just weeks later. 600 of Egypt's best chariots. Somebody really dropped the ball. Somebody wasn't listening. Right? Oh, you mean it matters that we, that we live according to a standard? Yes, it matters. You mean it, it mad when God has a leader and that leader speaks that we should really do what that leader's saying if it aligns with God? Yes. If not, it may cost you. This is so Pharaoh harnessed his chariots and called up his troops. He took 600 of Egypt's best chariots along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. Verse 10, as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up and panicked. How many of you know they were walking to their promised land? Right? Here, let, me, let me give you a, a glimpse of, of some of them were walking, not riding. They could have been riding. 
But they left their horses. The Bible says if you, if you research, if you, if you dig a little, you, you'll understand. When they left Egypt, God literally gave them the plunder of Egypt. What does that mean? That means that God, God gave them, <clears throat> this is amazing, God gave them all the wealth that Egypt had to offer. Before they left Egypt, they cleaned out the banks. They went to Pharaoh's house got all his gold. And he's telling them, leave, leave, leave. Sure, take it. I don't care. Just leave. You're costing us too much. The burden on their back was because they disobeyed and left the horses. Many of them probably didn't make it to the promised land because of the burden that they were carrying. Come on, somebody. Think about it. We're super tempted just to cut and paste what we want. Come on. I can treat my, my, I can treat my salvation. I can treat my, my connection with God and his people however I want. It doesn't matter as long as it fits into my culture. Not a biblical culture, but my culture. Just know what you leave for the enemy. He's going to use against you. Verse 11, and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness after they saw Pharaoh coming? Then they turned against the leader. They always do. Come on, everybody. How many know that? If you've ever been in leadership, you know. Right? They turn. They turn. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt we said leave us alone listen to this let us be slaves to the Egyptians it's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness but Moses told the people don't be afraid just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today the Egyptians see you today the Egyptians you see today you will never be will never be seen again the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Hold up. Hold up. What? What? Who would have thought slavery could be ideal? I don't know who this is for, but let me point something out here. It's easy for us to look at this and think, these people are stupid. How many of you right now, you're like, they dumb. They dumb. They just, they're obviously dumb. I mean, they're, they're literally saying they'd rather be slaves. But you know, here's what I find about human beings. Human beings often find slavery, they're, they, they, they find that likable to their current life. They almost find slavery preferable. Over the work of change. Over the work of obedience. They find it preferable. For instance, addiction and resistance to change. It's like a, it's like a prison cell locked from the inside. That's what that is. And even though Jesus gives us the key, many people often... We refuse to leave because we're comfortable where we are. We'd rather just stay where we are. We think, 
we think, well, I do want breakthrough, but I don't want breakthrough if it means I have to do much about it. Come on. But the coping mechanism of living my way has gotten me this far, so I'll just continue the coping mechanism at work. I'll just, keep, I'll just keep living that. We have to believe, listen, that God has something better for us on the other side of breakthrough. Do you believe it? Who's with me? Three of you. Awesome. I'm going with you. Me and three of you, I'm going. Okay? Look at verse 13, Exodus chapter 14. Here's the primary part of the passage I want you to see. Verse 13 and 14. How many of you like a good old-fashioned Bible study every now and then? Yeah? Because if you don't slow down, you'll miss very important things. Somebody in the manual, how we leave Egypt manual, forgot. They decided they could change the take all the horses. Cost them. Verse 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the, watch the Lord rescue you today. I've heard this passage preached all my life, okay? Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. How many of you heard? You've watched the movie, right? You've seen Charlton Heston stand there with his staff in his hand. How many of you have seen it? Yeah, on Easter, it's played every Easter. I watch it every year. It's awesome. It's part of my Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, nap, deviled eggs, ham, Ten Commandments, chocolate bunny. It's part of it. <coughs> Coconut cake later in the day. Don't hate me. Okay? I've heard this passage preached my entire life, and that's where most preachers stop. Right? It's, right, it's, it's where they stop. I, I want to I say this. If you stop right there, you miss the entire point. Verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get going, get, get moving. Now, wait a minute. We just all of our lives have heard that the great triumphant moment is when Moses, the incredible leader he was, tell the people to stop, right? Didn't we just, haven't we, haven't we heard that? But God, in the next sentence, says, get moving. That's not, I mean, I grew up in Portales. Even I can figure that out. The difference between stop and get going. Right? <coughs> it's amazing. Verse, verse 14, or 16. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 16. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. So you see, listen, the oldest obstacle before Israel was not, I mean, the biggest obstacle before Israel was not the Red Sea. obedience wasn't the chariots of Egypt God took care of that they screwed it up so the chariots came they go to the sea God tells them to stop why because he's going to tell them to move at the right time but Moses he's just like okay we're going to stop we're going to stop he was obedient he heard from God. But then God said what? He said, get moving. Get going. Verse, verse 15, verse 16, pick up your staff 
Raise your hand. Watch the salvation of God. Watch, watch all these Egyptians perish at the bottom of the sea. Watch this. It's, it's fascinating to me that they found parts and pieces of those chariots at the bottom of the Red Sea. Why? Because the Bible's true. You see, their biggest obstacle was their willingness to do what God told them to do. Look at me. It's the same for us. It's the same for us. Well, I don't like what that leader said. Well, it's okay. God, God didn't have you lead. They probably didn't like what they had to say either. But there's people whose lives are resting upon the fact that they're obedient to the Lord by saying it. I don't like that when I encourage people to be in church because the Bible says to, people decide to leave the church. Because they get offended. I, I could... I could say flowery words every week where no one's offended. And people die and go to hell. Do we want a breakthrough or do we want to write our own manual for living not knowing the trouble that exists ahead? What if we would just follow God? Come on, church. If we just follow Him, if we just listen to Him, if we just understand that what He has for us is the best life possible, that what He has for us, we, can, we can't even ask, think, or imagine broad enough, big enough, incredible enough that what God has for us all, come on, church. I think Moses had the right idea when they're cornered to pray. How many of you, when you're cornered, that's probably a pretty legit thing to do. Just stop and pray. How many of you know that's probably pretty good to do? It's always the right time to pray. I'm just telling you right now, it's always the right time to pray. But oftentimes, it's also the right time to take action. I know some people, they're just still praying. What God told them to do while they were praying, they still, they're like, well, I'm going to pray about what God just said to do. You don't have to pray about what God's told you. Okay? You don't have to pray about what God put in the Bible. It's for you. It still applies. Come on. Some of you just thought we were coming to dedications and baptisms. Easy day, right? Huh? Easy day. Some applause and some dunking. Some donuts and some coffee, some Dunkin'. It's going to be awesome. No, you showed up and have to do something with what you're hearing. And I think it's a waste of time for me to ever ask you to show up and not do something with what you're going to hear. Look how God responds to them standing still. He says, why are you standing still crying out to me? I'm waiting on you. Move on. Get going. 
Again, I, 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 I propose to you almost every miracle in, Bi- in the Bible recorded in Scripture was preceded by people saying yes to what God had for them. Many of you today are going to say yes through baptism. Some of you came prepared. Others of you might decide, I want to say yes and I didn't even bring shorts. Well, guess what? We got some shorts for you. We bought your size. We got a t-shirt. You can go home and dry clothes your own. You're like, it's cold out there. Yeah, you can be fully clothed when you leave. We would prefer that. How, how, what's baptism about? It's, it's all in. It's saying yes. That's what it's about. It's telling the world, I want to follow Jesus with my life. That's what it is. It's, it's man, I, I, I don't have it all together. I probably will never have it all together like the rest of the people in the room. So I need a Savior. I need a Lord that will lead me on. Come on. Musicians, if y'all help me out. I just it, it just helps me pray better when people are playing behind me. You know what I'm saying? And all of you here, it, subconsciously, you think it's almost over. When the musicians take the stage, you think that. <coughs> can I tell you, I can preach for hours with them people up there. I can. I I know most of the songs. I can just start singing. I love the atmosphere in the house today. I think there's a there's an anticipation. There's a faith that's rose in the room as we're we're singing those songs this morning. Don't you love that new song? Right? We're just we're just we're just declaring what God has already done, and we we declare He can do it now again. Come on, everybody. He's the same God. You're the same God then, you know, right? Come on, right? Come on. And, and I'm just telling you, it's, uh, you want a breakthrough? Some of you, you know, I've heard people say, Pastor, you know what we need? We need revival. You know how revival starts? A yes. God always wants to give revival. It's our, our heart's position to receive it. Are, are, we, are we willing to go all in? Are we willing to say, yes, Lord, I want to I wanna live. I want to grow. I want to learn. I don't have it all figured out together or today. And, and, and can I just, can I, I want to pause and say again, neither do I. Right? I don't either. I'm learning like you're learning. I'm committed to learning. And if I wasn't, I would please ask you to ask me to leave here. Okay? But I believe God has a breakthrough for every single one of us. (coughs) That breakthrough is found by us saying yes to him. Listen, if you feel like you're waiting on God in some area of your life, what if God's just really waiting on you? 
power of God was there to part the water the whole time. But it wasn't until those Israelites started marching toward that sea that the waters parted. What do you need to happen in your life? And you know what? You know what you you know what we all do? We all do this. You know what? When I see it starting to happen, I'm gonna I'm ready. Ready. Some of you in business dealings, some of you in personal things, some of you in desires of your heart, some of you in spiritual matters, some of you in relationship struggles and issues. Some of you are like, okay, God, if you'll just do this, then I'll do this. Why don't you just start running to what it is that he's put within your heart and watch, watch a miracle take place before your eyes. Moses took the staff and he rose, he raised it up, raised it up over that sea. And what happened? The Bible says that the wind started to blow and the sea started to part. And that, those two million, a million and a half to two million people, the Bible says walked through that sea on dry ground. And when they get to the other side, what takes place? Just about the time the chariots got there. The grace of God shows up even in the Old Testament. water comes back together and drowns them all. Listen, even those things that we we screwed up on, even those things that we bailed out of, even those things that that we we shouldn't have <laughs> we shouldn't have given into, even those things God has a salvation awaiting us if we'll get moving. But it takes faith. It takes faith. Some of you right now, you're like, I don't have the courage. It doesn't need, you don't need courage, you need faith. Stop, stop, stop trying to summon the wrong thing. Right? Oh, if I have one day I'll have enough courage. You don't need courage. Have faith, okay? Have faith, have faith. Come on, everybody. What radical step do you need to make to unlock the breakthroughs that God has for you? What is it? Only you know. I could list a million things. Do you need freedom in your life? Right? Start moving to freedom. Why not now? Why not now? You need you need to hear God's voice in the middle of your pain. Why not now? Have you asked him? Have you have you have you dedicated are you needing to replace insecurity with confidence? Why not step into confidence? What does confidence look like when you get moving? Come on. Confidence isn't sitting on the sideline. Confidence is getting involved. Confidence is moving ahead, even when I don't know the answer. Confidence is it's, it's further, it's moving forward. Come on, somebody. How many of you want, you want all that God has for you? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand, all of the room. You want all that God has. You want all, of it, all that God has for you. You want what he has for you. You want what he has. Stand to your feet all over this room. All over this room. Heavenly Father, we love you. We pray today, knowing that God, 
you're going to do something in our lives and we're going to respond because we all re- always respond. God, we respond by saying yes to you. We respond by running to you, by giving our lives to you, by, by living a life of obedience to you. We, or we respond, God, by choosing to do it our way. God, I believe that this, this group of people this morning, people are saying all over the room, God, I want to choose your way. I want to choose your way. That's you all over this house. Would you raise your hand toward heaven and just ask him, God, allow me to do it your way. Help me, God. Help me to help me to do it your way. I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it yours. Because I don't know the end from the beginning. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but you know. You know what's coming. I don't know what's coming, so I'm going to trust you. I don't know. I, I can't explain it all, but God, I'm going to choose to have faith. I have faith in a lot of things. Why can't I choose to have faith in you? So my faith in you is going to rise today. I choose faith in you. I choose confidence in you. I choose it. All over this room, people are saying yes to Jesus. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is the son of God, that he's been raised from the grave, and that he lives for you, that you shall be saved. How many of you would say today, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ and say yes to him? Raise your hands all over this room. Thank you. All over the house. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, God. Help us. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.